Farzine Vasugan here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Hope you're all doing well. A lot to get into here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. A lot of talk here about the Kansas City Chiefs offense and where things stand with the offense now. Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey said some things that Chiefs fans would certainly want to hear, but it's also not the first time you've heard this. But I still think that deserves some uh, some reaction tonight. So we'll talk about that. Oddly enough, even though a lot of Chiefs fans, including me, are not feeling pretty good about the team moving forward, there are some people in the national media. Yes, the national media. And probably from at least one person who a lot of you guys would say this is a, complete, a big surprise from, they're actually feeling pretty damn good about the Chiefs moving forward. I'll tell you who those guys are and what they said. A lot of celebrities in the news recently talking about the Chiefs. You can probably guess one of them by now. Uh, We also need to talk about the AFC conference and what needs to happen in order for the Chiefs to move up to get either the two seed or a one seed. It's actually very doable. Mm, Easier said than done, but actually still very doable. And I'll show you why a little later on. And plus, we will break down the game between the Chiefs and the Bills on Sunday. A big game this Sunday in Kansas City. We will preview that. And of course, Week 13 Roundup and Week 14 Preview for this week. We'll touch on that as well. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Get your tickets from there. You guys know I recently went to Allegiant Stadium to catch a Chiefs and Raiders game. Hey, thanks to SeatGeek. That's where I went to get my tickets there. And I'll tell you what, it was a great experience. Very easy process to select your tickets, buy them. Got the green dot next to it. That means it's a good ticket. You're paying uh, the best uh, you can for those tickets. There's a red dot next to it. Avoid it. Don't buy those tickets. You're paying way too much. Essentially, that's what it means. SeatGeek keeps you honest and lets you know if you are getting the best bang for your bucks. So make sure you guys check on all of that before buying a ticket from SeatGeek. And I'll tell you what, for those of you who never purchased from SeatGeek before, I've got a little Christmas gift for you. You can use my promo code Farzine for $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. So pick your tickets, whether it's a sporting event, concert, whatever it may be, at checkout, put in the promo code Farzine if you're a first-time customer, and you will save $20 from your first purchase from SeatGeek. Can't beat that. $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Use the promo code Farzine at checkout. All right, appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this podcast, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Appreciate all of you guys. For those of you watching live on Facebook and YouTube, big shout out to you guys as well. Greatly appreciate those who tune into the show live. Sorry for starting a little late today. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy day. I will just leave it at that because I'm sure you guys in general don't care about the details for that. So. We'll leave it at that. Uh, A lot to get into here on this episode, so little time to waste. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about this Chiefs offense, okay? Defense, defense has played well. Yeah, they had a bit of a a bad showing uh, on Sunday night. Uh, and, And you know what? I can cut the defense some slack because... I don't care if you're the best offense in the NFL or the um, 
best defense in the NFL, even the best teams will step back and, and have a bad game or two. This is one of those games for the Chiefs defense. I can, you know, even though that was surprise and we weren't too happy to see that, we can look at that and say, okay, it's just one terrible game from the defense. And it's not like they allowed the Packers to run up the scoreboard or anything like that. Still held them to 27 points. But the Chiefs offense, once again, scoring below 20 points remains an issue here. Andy Reid said during Wednesday's press conference that the receivers are trying to get better. Okay. Good to know. Travis Kelsey, uh, and this is not Travis Kelsey's first time saying this, but Travis Kelsey on his podcast, which comes out every Wednesday mornings, um, he said that this will get fixed. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm not, I'm not going to go word for word what he said, but he basically said this will get fixed. We heard Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago in my, uh, not in Miami, but in Germany, playing after uh, beating uh, Miami, made a comment uh, to uh, Peter King uh, saying that we promise we're going to get this fixed. All the leaders on this team, the people that we're relying on the most, are saying that this is going to get fixed. Well, today, as we record this podcast tonight, uh, it's December the 6th. For those of you listening to the uh, podcast version, it's December the 7th, neither here nor there. It's the first week of December. At some point, I, I just got to ask, the Chiefs keep saying that this is going to get fixed, but where is the wh where is the fix? Wh when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Um, because I'll say this right now. I said this in week one, and so did a lot of other people. Whatever issues the Chiefs had on offense, they were fixable, okay? You can fix bad habits. You, you can't fix bad play. I mean, if someone's just not a good route runner, if they're just unable to play the position, that would have been one thing. Um, the Chiefs receivers, even though there have been times where the route running has not been there, the biggest problem with the Chiefs in general has been the drops. That's the biggest issue uh, all, all season. Now, that was not the case Sunday night, but it has been going on all year long. And the, I, I, I guess, you know, at some point, you know, and I mentioned this, and I'll get to it later on. There are some people that are still optimistic about Kansas City, which I find interesting because a lot of people in Kansas City still not feeling pretty good, starting to lose faith in the team, think that this might be a team that won't reach the AFC Championship for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era. Um, I can't say I blame any Chiefs fan feeling that way because once you get to December, uh, it, there comes a point where it's like, if you're not seeing the improvement, it's going to be hard to want to buy in to what the team's doing. Now, with that said, it's not like things are completely out of reach. Let's let's remember something right now. The Chiefs have a three the three seed at the moment. They're one game behind first place in the AFC, and the two teams ahead of them, the Chiefs actually do at the moment. This can obviously change a little later on, but in the event of a tiebreaker, Kansas City does edge out Miami and Baltimore. I will get to that a little later on. In fact, I'm going to have a graphic uh, with that for those of you that are watching live on Facebook and on YouTube. And we can uh, discuss this and look at things visually. Uh, that is going to be a very important segment. So bear with me. We'll get to that. But as far as this offense goes, and I said this earlier today um, on, on the Facebook page, 
I can't remember if it was today or last night. I apologize. It's been a very wild week. Uh, nothing bad, terribly. Just very, very busy. Uh, but I was... I was just kind of thinking, and I've said this already on the podcast Sunday after the game, and I said this on the Red Friday live chat too, but I'll say it again because it's worth repeating. Look, at some point, we just know where, like, it's December. If you want to look at all 32 teams, doesn't matter if you have the best team in the NFL or the worst team in the NFL, you know where your strengths are, and you also know what your weaknesses are. We know right now with the Chiefs, the the deep pass plays are just not there. I think I saw... Um, Chiefs Hive post a little stat, and I'll take their word for it. They put out good content. Chiefs Hive uh, put out some information saying that Patrick Mahomes uh, has one touchdown and five interceptions on those uh, deep pass attempts. Obviously, it's not working, okay? Um, and, and I've seen the jokes. Uh, I think someone mentioned it when they called in Sunday after the game about how, you know, they didn't throw a flag because they deemed it was uncatchable because Marquez Valdez-Scanling would not have caught it anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Um, no, it actually is, is funny. You, you can't lie. It, it's actually a funny joke. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, the, you know, forget about the, the, the officiating, like it, there were some bad, pl- bad calls and whatnot against green Bay and against Kansas city, both ways. Um, I, I don't like it, but that's officiating for you in the NFL. Uh, Oh, spoiler alert. Carl Cheffers is a referee this Sunday. Uh, and obviously we'll get to that when we break down the game. Uh, but to me, it's like, I think it's time for the chiefs to revert back to an old style offense before Patrick Mahomes took over the reins from Alex Smith. Oh, I just mentioned Alex Smith, which is what I want to go to. Remember the Alex Smith dink and dunk passes, check down Alex, all those jokes, why don't the Chiefs go to the dink and dunk offense? That style of offense will work. Listen, the Chiefs have not had issues moving the football this season. That has not been a problem at all for Kansas City. The problem with Kansas City is finishing drives uh, and the catches, especially on those big play attempts. Those are simply not there for you this season. Some of them were there last year, not as much, obviously, without Tyree Kill, but you are still able to do some things with this offense. It's not like this Chiefs team forgot how to play football suddenly, okay? I know Nick Wright mentioned this, and so have a lot of other people. The only major change on offense with the skill position players is they went from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who moved on to the Patriots, to Rasheed Rice, who they drafted in the second round this year. That's it. That's your only major change at the skill position spots, um, yeah, you have two new offensive tackles. That's it. Those are your only three new players on offense. Rasheed Rice, um, and your two new offensive tackles, Donovan Smith and Joan Taylor. Though it does seem like Wanya Morris is going to get the call this Sunday to start. And I think a lot of people, including me, are very excited about that because Wanya Morris, small sample size, but has looked very good so far in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. Yes, he gave up a sack very early on when he came into the game. Uh, on Sunday night, but after that, he played pretty damn good football at the left tackle spot. Andy Reid really liked what he saw from him in Las Vegas against the Raiders and liked what he saw from him again in the Green Bay game. So, obviously, you got Andy Reid's vote of approval. There are a lot of Chiefs fans very happy with all of that. By the way, I have not had a chance to read the comments yet. I will get to your comments soon because I know a lot of you have a lot to say about the subject. But let's look at the Chiefs' offense where the strengths lie, okay? 
You have Travis Kelsey, who has the most receiving yards in the NFL right now amongst all tight ends. He's obviously having a, 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 a step back this year, but still has more receiving yards than any tight end at the moment right now. Even with the two injuries he's dealt with, uh, the knee injury that caused him to miss a game. Again, he missed the game. And then that uh, Minnesota game, he didn't miss a lot of time in that game. Uh, but that ankle injury looked pretty scary uh, at first. So Kelsey's missed the game, and he still leaves the NFL in receiving yards. You have Rasheed Rice, who, by the way, the Chiefs put this out. He has the third most receptions with 16 of any player, receiver, and tight end in the last two weeks. Obviously, that means he's getting far more involved with the Chiefs offense. Isaiah Pacheco, a reliable player. By the way, it doesn't look like he's going to get suspended. I would have, I would like to think that would have been announced by now. Now, could he get fined? Yes, that will come on Saturday, but the, the suspension would have been announced by now because Wednesday is always prep day for teams that are playing on Sunday. So you would have to know by now if uh, if he's available or not for that game. So I think it's safe to say he won't get suspended. I'm glad I was wrong about that. Um, Noah Gray, I think is an underrated and an underused tight end in this offense. Whenever the Chiefs have used him, usually good things happen with Noah Gray. Um, here's a name that I'm very curious to see, and I know we're kind of clawing for anything here, but I'm going to throw this out there because uh, I remember in the offseason, I was probably the least excited person for Richie James coming to Kansas City. I, I really had no expectations of Richie James coming to KC. Um, obviously, I had some speed being a uh, return specialist, but it, it, it didn't really um, strike me as an addition that would benefit the Chiefs greatly at the wide receiver position. Uh, but I think it is worth looking back because I remember a lot of Chiefs fans were excited and they said he was one of the more productive receivers for the New York Giants. If you want to look at last year, uh, how Richie James did for the Giants, he led the team in catches last year with 58. He had 569 yards behind uh, Darius Slayton's 724 yards, and he tied Isaiah Hodgins, another wide receiver in the Giants, uh, for most touchdown grabs with four. Now, you might be saying those are not the most thrilling numbers. What are you reading those for? Yeah, no, I agree. Those are not thrilling numbers at all. But when you consider your quarterback was Daniel Jones and you led your team in receptions with 58 and had 569 yards, it's not bad. Again, you had Daniel Jones as your quarterback throwing the ball to you. Let's let's consider that for a moment. So why isn't Richie James getting more snaps? Because I looked at the, at the offensive snaps, and he only had four this past Sunday against the Chiefs. Look, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I was actually very excited when the Chiefs got him last year, shortly after the Tyreek Hill trade. But unfortunately, MVS, I just don't think is getting it done this year. Justin Watson, yeah, he's had some big plays and has come through. Uh, normally a good depth player, but um, a guy who's also continued to drop a lot of passes. Uh, he's better than what you have, which is not a good thing. Uh, I, you know, McCall Hardman, uh, I know he's injured at the moment, but even before that, not really a reliable player. He's also contributed to the, to the drops. Uh, Sky Moore, okay, he has a couple flashes here and there, but nothing on a consistent basis. Why not give Richie James an opportunity? I'm not saying this is going to save your season and turn everything around, but I think at this point it's worth a try. Um, Richard James has a very low drop rate, so why not give him an opportunity? Because that is right now the biggest issue on your team, not 
catching the ball. Again, I know that was not the issue Sunday night, but it's been the issue. That is Kansas City's overall body of work this season. Now, I mentioned earlier, there are some people who are optimistic about the Chiefs moving forward. Uh, Two uh, big-name radio hosts, uh, Rich Eisen on his show, The Rich Eisen Show, said the Chiefs uh, have a tough game this Sunday against the Bills, and he thought, um, you know, what if the Chiefs lose Sunday? And then looked at the rest of the schedule, and he said that they should, keyword being should, win out the rest of the season and said, at worst, Kansas City could be 12-5. and Now, he acknowledged this might not get them the one seed, but they would be hosting a game at Arrowhead in the playoffs. And he believes very strongly that in the of any wildcard team coming to Kansas City, including Houston, uh, not a wildcard right now, but potentially could climb and get one of those wildcard spots, uh, he thinks the Chiefs could beat any of the wildcard teams. And right now you have a lot of backups playing. Um, the next guy, Colin Cowherd, who's also optimistic about the Chiefs, yes, the Colin Cowherd, um, and I'll get to Cowherd's uh, comments in detail, but Cowherd did mention um, the Steelers don't have their starting quarterback right now. Uh, the Jaguars just lost Trevor Lawrence. The Bengals, yes, uh, Jake Browning had a phenomenal game Monday night, but it is just one game. And are you going to get that on a consistent basis from Jake Browning? Um, you know, we can't really jump to conclusions just for one big game. And the Bengals are still allowing a lot of points. Though I will say, I, I think Cincinnati, with what happened to Trevor Lawrence, they're, um, you have a lot of wide open spots. I know the, the Jags and the Bengals are not in the same division, but that is a team that is, you know, less of a threat because of the injury. And uh, right now, you're looking at a wide open AFC, not just with the number one seed. We'll get to that shortly, but also with those wild card spots. Uh, look, look, I, I don't want to compare this to 2002, where almost every AFC team except for three were in the hunt in the final week of the regular season. I don't think it's going to be like that. But if you had to ask me who I think the seven teams are, I'm probably going to miss on a lot of those teams because a lot of quarterbacks are missing. Uh, the Ravens obviously still have Lamar Jackson, but they did lose Mark Andrews, which is a huge loss. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of missing pieces right now. Kansas City has not necessarily been dealing with injuries this year. They have other issues. Injuries is not one of them. So, uh, like the song, 99 problems, injuries aren't one of them. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, if you look at what Kansas City is doing um, no, they're not having a, a season that's going as expected. Have they seen worse? Hell yes, they have. Do you guys not remember 2021 when they started one and two? Uh, even the games they were winning weren't really the prettiest of wins. And eventually that led to a three and four start after they got their asses kicked by Tennessee. And a lot of people wrote Kansas City off after that. A three and four start. One game below 500, and a lot of people were writing off the Chiefs. Um, that's not the only time they've been written off. 20 months ago, when the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill, a lot of people doubted the Chiefs and said that there was no way this Chiefs team would be able to move forward without Tyreek Hill. You all know how that ended. By the way, I'll get to Colin Cowherd's comments right now because he said that he looked at the uh, Trevor Lawrence injury when that happened against the Bengals on Monday night, and his first reaction was, Kansas City is reaching the Super Bowl. Now, why would a an injury in Jacksonville impact Kansas City's 
ability to make the Super Bowl. Well, I suppose. Now, both Rich Eisen and Colin Cowherd have said this. Lamar Jackson, even though he's having a great season, he's had a great season before. He's won MVP unanimously before and did not show up in the playoffs that year. Uh, the Dolphins, a lot of people like what they're seeing from the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's having a phenomenal year, should honestly be in the MVP discussion. It's kind of weird that he's not, but um, the Dolphins have not beaten a winning team yet, a, a, a team with a winning record. They've yet to do that. Um, again, the Chiefs have problems of their own. That should not be forgotten about, but the Chiefs are not the only team with a problem. Ravens have problems. Dolphins have problems. The, the the wild card spots, there's there's some open competition right there. Like Cincinnati, you thought they were out. Well, if Jake Browning can play like that, they might be back in this when nobody expected it. Not even Cincinnati fans. Listen, I know Cincinnati fans all love to you guys because you guys love coming on this page, and I have no problems with it. Hey, bump up the engagement. Why not? Um, Cincinnati fans were not talking before Monday Night Football. They had nothing to say about their team. Now they're all excited. They're back in this, as they should be excited. Um, Jacksonville, again, I, I'm not saying they're written off, and we don't know about Trevor Lawrence's future yet. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, but again, you know, if Cincinnati does not play as well as they did Monday night, well, then maybe teams a team like Jacksonville would feel better. Maybe a team like Pittsburgh would, would feel comfortable. Uh, you obviously have Houston that's coming up right now. Denver, I know they're coming off a loss, but they have played much better lately. So th this is a really weird AFC playoff picture right now. By the way, I haven't mentioned the Browns yet, who obviously lost to Sean Watson, but they're still somewhat competitive lately. I know they haven't been winning as much lately, but they're still in it right now. So you're going to see teams in the playoffs with backup quarterbacks this year on the AFC side of things. So this has been a we very weird year for offenses. This was pointed out the first couple of weeks. And now with all these injuries happening across the board, um, hey, man, this season's far from over if you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, again, I'm frustrated with the season, the way it's gone offensively, as are a lot of you guys. But this is far from over. This has the, the, nothing is written in stone yet. Uh, I will say this. If the Jaguars did win Monday night, it would have been tough because then you need three teams to ahead of you to lose. And that's never a good spot to be in. Now you only need two. And if the Chiefs can finish with a two seed, and if one of those teams that have problems this year, Lamar Jackson, playoff history not so good, one and three in the playoffs, Dolphins have yet to beat a team with a winning record so far this year, maybe that AFC title game goes through Arrowhead once again. It would take, obviously, a lot for that to happen, but it's still doable at the end of the day. There's no clear-cut number one team in this conference. When you look at the NFC side, you look, you look at the Eagles, uh, closely followed by the 49ers who just whipped them and also the lions. Like those are some of the top tier teams on the NFC, um, in the AFC. Sure. You could tell us who your top tier teams are, whether it's the chiefs, the Ravens, the dolphins, the Jaguars, whoever, but they all have issues. Um, again, no team's perfect, but there are far more issues on the AFC side, uh, with all those teams than there is on the NFC side. And I should note that the Cowboys are also climbing up and they're right behind those three teams I mentioned on the NFC, but, uh, point being is things are wide open in the AFC. Um, and I'll say one more thing about the chiefs before we look at the, the conference, the, or at least the, the upcoming schedules for those three teams, the chiefs aren't going to roll over and quit. Have they been, have they, have they, 
they've been bad. Okay. Um, what I was trying to say is, have they uh, come up short in a lot of games? Yes, they have, especially offensively. This has been the worst year so far in the Patrick Mahomes era. No question about it. But they're not going to quit. We saw this team erase a 24 deficit in less than, what, 11, 10 minutes, whatever it was in that Texans game. Uh, it was one quarter. And by the way, I don't understand people saying, oh, well, it's the Texans. Yeah, that was a Texans with a Deshaun Watson-led team. They won a playoff game the previous week. This was a playoff game we're talking about. To erase a 24-point deficit is one thing. To do it in one quarter in a playoff game, it's another. My point is, by the way, we know how the two Super Bowls went. Uh, the ones that the Chiefs won. Uh, they... Yeah, I mean, it looked like they were out of it and they came back, especially the most recent one when Patrick Mahomes fought with a bad ankle to win the Super Bowl, to lead his team to victory. This team's not going to quit. They're not out of the one seed, not yet. And even if they don't get the one seed, it's not the end of the world. I told you guys already, uh, the teams that are above the Chiefs right now, the Dolphins and the Ravens, uh, they have issues of their own. So again, wide open AFC. This whole thing is far from over. There's no clear cut number one team. Even if the Chiefs finish with the one seed, they're not the clear-cut number one dominant team in the AFC. Um, people will still go into the playoffs and say, yeah, the Chiefs have the one seed, but they have issues, which would be true. Um, unless they find a way to erase all of them in the last five weeks. Uh, the Dolphins could have the two seed. We would still look at them and say, yeah, they're, they're, they've got the two seed, but they've got issues. The Ravens, yeah, but Lamar Jackson hasn't been good in the playoffs. So um, a lot of negatives can be pointed out. On all of the teams. Okay, I'm going to take a moment and read all of your guys' comments here because I know you guys have a lot to say tonight. Uh, Joey says, do you know if Brian Cook is done for the year? We do not know that yet. Obviously, he did not practice today, uh, but we have no official uh, status on his uh, future, though. Um, Pacheco, is he getting suspended or fined? Uh, by the way, I apologize. I don't know why they're not coming up. This is Kyle's comment here. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier, probably won't get suspended, but might get fined. Uh, Connie says we are missing, uh, the discipline of Eric Bieniemy. Heard a lot of people have said that. And I'm sorry, the team feels it and Nagy needs to put his foot down and put it down hard. The veterans on the team need to remember those disciplines that were pounded into them and pounded into the, the new guys. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, Nicholas says, I like the Alex Smith dink and dunk. Yeah, I mean, listen, at this point, go with your strengths. Why are you forcing things that are absolutely not working? And listen, let me say this. From an X's and O's standpoint, if you do the short passes, the medium route passes, and run the ball, well, guess what? Defenses are eventually going to get tired, and you might be able to get one of those deep pass plays near the end of the game. So I'm not saying, you know, erase those and never attempt those ever. I mean, you still got to mix things up and not make it look obvious the entire game. But uh, you'll be able to catch a team off guard. The only thing is you got to hope someone catches it down the field. Uh, Cody says, Wanya Morris season. Yeah, a lot of people very excited for Wanya Morris to, uh, to get an opportunity for the Chiefs. Um... I'll read a few more here, and then I do want to look at this AFC playoff picture. Bob says, I think Patty is off uh, is off somewhere with his receivers. The run game is coming along nicely if he learns from his mistakes. Yeah, Isaiah, I said this Sunday night. The only consistency you've had on offense is the interior offensive line and Isaiah Pacheco. Robert still has confidence, 
in the Chiefs. Let's go, KC, hoping they come around at the right time and get hot. See, we've been saying this for a long time. And, uh, you know, uh, Robert, you speak for every Chiefs fan there. Everyone wants to see that. It's just, you know, we're passing the first week of December and we're just not quite sure. Um, We're just not quite sure where to um, where that happens. Um, Teresa says Dolphins have had a PUD schedule. I don't know what a PUD schedule is. Uh, a very interesting thing, I will say, because uh, we are going to get to um, the schedules uh, shortly. Not just Kansas City schedules. Um, uh, not Kansas City schedule, excuse me. But also uh, Baltimore and uh, and Miami because we got to look at that. And uh, I'm, I'm skimming through some comments here, just trying to see. Uh, see, Robert's asking, a lot of people are asking this. Uh, Zach Ertz, an option. Uh, I think the Chiefs like what they have at tight end right now, Robert. A lot of people keep asking this. Plus, with Mark Andrews out, I, th- I can see him going to Baltimore. It would not shock me if he reunites with the Eagles, especially after the bad game they had, trying to see what they can do try, to try to fix their offense. It would not shock me if it's a reunion. I think it's either Philadelphia. That'd be my like if I that'd be my betting favorite, and then number two would be Baltimore. That's um, that's uh, that's what I think. Uh, that's where I think he'll go. Uh, Lucas says with Justin Ross charges drop, do they bring him back in? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we have not heard. I don't think Justin, what's the latest with Justin Ross? I kind of forgot about that. Criminal X case for X central Phoenix city football. star Justin Ross has a new development. Oh, okay. Was not aware of this. Uh, yeah, we still don't really know what's going on. Uh, I mean, we saw a week ago the criminal charges were dropped. Yes, you're right about that. But we still don't know when he's going to come back. So we're still kind of waiting on that at the moment. Uh, Kyle says, should we sign Daniel Sorensen, who just got released, by the way, by the Saints, uh, former Chiefs legend Daniel Sorensen? Uh, n- not sure who would put relief uh, guy would be for Mike Edwards at safety if Cook is going to miss time. Yeah, um... You know, I, I can understand the thought of maybe bringing back Daniel Sorensen, but he just had a really bad final year in uh, in Kansas City. I just don't know if I just don't know if the team has any interest in uh, in making that happen. Um, I I just don't see that. Okay, uh, let's get to this graphic here. So for those of you that are not watching the video or not watching, if you're listening to just the audio version, I'll um. I'll explain it to you. So I have a graphic up right now showing the remaining schedules for the Dolphins, who have the number one seed right now, the Ravens, who are second place in the conference, and the Chiefs, who are third in the AFC. So week 14, uh, the Chiefs play the Bills. We all know that. We'll get into that game later on. And the Ravens will play host to the LA Rams. The Dolphins will play host to the Titans on Monday Night Football. Week 15, Dolphins have the Jets, Ravens have the Jags, Chiefs have the Patriots. That was uh, previously a Monday game. Uh, That's been flexed to a Sunday game for very obvious reasons. Week 16, you have the Dallas Cowboys um, who are going to visit the, the Dolphins. Ravens visit the 49ers and the Chiefs will play the Raiders. Um... 
that Cowboys Dolphins game is on Christmas Eve. The Ravens and the Chiefs play their games on Christmas Day. Then in week 17, this is where things get interesting. So the Chiefs will play the Bengals. That is uh, was a highly anticipated game. Now kind of is again with uh, Browning playing really well lately. We'll see how he does the next few games. But here's where things get interesting in week 17. The Dolphins and the Ravens play each other. So provided that game does not end in a tie, somebody's going to lose that game. So if the Chiefs can win out right here, and look, I know I said this about the Packers, but I'll still say it again right now. You have five very winnable games. Look look right here. You got five winnable games right there. Okay? Five winnable games. You can take the Patriots. You can take the Raiders. I think the Chiefs defense can do some things against uh, Jake Browning. And listen, Cincinnati's defense is not very good this year. Um, I know Cincinnati's offense has not been scoring much this season, but their defense has not been playing very well lately. And then the Chargers, I mean, they're also a disaster. They beat the Patriots 6-0. So you have an opportunity to win out here. Miami and Baltimore play each other in Week 17. So someone's going to lose that football game. The Chiefs can end up with a two-seed. And if you can get a little bit of help from one of the wild card teams to go on the road and beat whoever has the one seed, then the uh, the AFC championship game will be at Arrowhead for a sixth straight season. And listen, if that doesn't happen, not the worst thing in the world. At some point, the AFC uh, hosting the AFC title game, that 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 is going to come to an end. You know what else is going to come to an end? Patrick Mahomes not playing a true road playoff game. I know... Um, I know uh, the Chiefs did visit the Buccaneers, but first of all, that was still considered a neutral site game. And also that was still during the pandemic where you had limited capacity. So it's not like Tampa Bay, their entire crowd was filled with fans impacting the game like uh, Arrowhead would or Seattle would or some of these other places that are considered some of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. Um, that's not necessarily a thing uh, or was a thing for that Super Bowl. So the Chiefs have yet to play a true road game, though I will say I'm sure the uh, the Bucks benefited from not traveling, whereas the Chiefs did for that game. Um, but nonetheless, when you look at the Ravens and the Chiefs, and by the way, let me quickly pull up the um, playoff picture because that is very important right now. Um, and I'll put this up. This is from ESPN's website. So hold on with me. Give me one sec here. Okay. So again, I'll uh, describe this for those who are listening to the podcast version. Uh, I'm on ESPN.com and we're looking at their playoff standings. So what is the number one tiebreaker head to head? Kansas City has that over Miami. We know that. Um, Number two, and by the way, this is only for uh, seeding purposes uh, amongst the uh, conference, not for the the division. The number two tiebreaker is win-loss record in the conference. The Chiefs are 6-1 in the conference. Dolphins are 6-2. Ravens are 6-3. Obviously, they've all played different uh, conference games. Once the season's over, we'll see... um, We'll see that all even out. But at the moment, the Chiefs do have the better win percentage in the conference. So they have the edge over the Ravens and the Dolphins in that. Again, who cares about all the other tiebreakers when it comes to the Dolphins? Because you have the head-to-head. That's all that matters. This is more for edging out the Ravens in um, to try to get uh, the two or the one seed in the AFC. Number three would be best win-loss tied percentage in common games, you must have a minimum of four. 
Uh, I don't think the Ravens and the Chiefs have have played a lot of common teams this year. Only one I can think of is the Bengals. I mean, the Chiefs will play the Bengals later, but that's all I can think of. Number four, strength of victory in all games. The Chiefs' strength of victory is 490. That is barely more than the Ravens for now, and that's also more, way more than what the Dolphins have. Uh, but, but again, the Dolphins one doesn't matter because you have the head-to-head there. And then it's strength of schedule. Again, the Chiefs have the edge over the Ravens in that category. Then it goes to all these weird ones like uh, best combined ranking among conference teams and then points scored, best net points in conference games, best net points in all games, best net touchdowns, and then a coin toss if that's even. I, has there ever been a coin toss for playoff seeding purposes? I don't think there has been. Uh, I know it's it's happened uh, a few times for the draft, but I don't think that's ever happened elsewhere. Anyway, my point is this. You saw the graphic, okay? I give you guys two uh, pieces of, uh, of graphics to look at. The Chiefs are not that far behind. They are behind, yes. Not good going into the final five weeks, but they're not out of it yet. They still have a shot just as much as anyone else. So let's take a deep breath, me included. We still got a chance here. Um, not the end of the world. Yes, yeah, Sunday night was very discouraging. Um, but I, I'll say this. The Chiefs have been in worse positions before. Uh, they have not been the number one seed every single time. They've actually needed help at times to get the Tennessee Titans had the number one seed one year. And I think it was Cincinnati who went and beat them. Unfortunately, Cincinnati came to Kansas City and beat them too. Uh, but hey, Kansas City got the uh, revenge game a year later. But you get the idea, okay? Um, the two teams above the Chiefs, just like the Chiefs do, those two teams have issues also. And listen, let's say the Jaguars also, like if some something weird happens where the Jaguars get in front of the Chiefs in the standings, well, the Jaguars are going to have issues. Um, this all depends on Trevor Lawrence's injury, but... The Jaguars have been very inconsistent this year. I'll leave it at that. You guys can uh, go ahead and talk amongst yourselves about that right there. Uh, real quickly, uh, before we take a timeout, a couple of uh, pieces of news here. The College Football Hall of Fame 2023 inductees have been enshrined. I'm not going to go through the entire list, but man, you have some very familiar names here. Eric Berry who played at Tennessee, obviously was drafted by the Chiefs in 2010, the fifth pick that year. Derek Johnson, who played at Texas and was drafted by the Chiefs in 2005. Jeremy Macklin, who went to Mizzou. Obviously, a lot of you guys know who Jeremy Macklin is. Was drafted by Andy Reid in Philadelphia and made, eventually made his way over to Kansas City. So, three former Chiefs. You also have Michael Bishop, former Kansas State player. And then some other notable names. Uh, Brian Westbrook, another former player of Andy Reid's Tim Tebow, Dwight Freeney, Reggie Bush, uh, just to name a few. So uh, very cool. Congratulations to all of those players, especially those former Chiefs, Barry, DJ, and Macklin getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. Very cool to see that. Always glad to see uh, former Chiefs uh, doing well and uh, getting success, success like this elsewhere. Uh, real quickly, uh, I don't know how this segment's going to go. We're going to keep it very short. Uh, but a lot of celebrities have been talking about the Chiefs lately. Uh, let's start with Taylor Swift. This is going to upset some people, but she won Time Magazine's Person of the Year. I'm seeing some outrage on that. Man, if you're upset over this, you need a hobby. Uh, like, even the people happy about this tomorrow morning are going to, like, move on with their lives. 
Um, Taylor actually did open up in the interview about her relationship with Travis Kelsey and going to all these football games. Um, she actually, uh, well, first off, about Travis Kelsey, um, they had actually been talking to each other for quite some time before things got public when she came to uh, Kansas City for her first football game. So uh, she, uh, they've been, they've been talking to each other for quite some time. It's not like it just. She, I think a lot of people just assumed that game she showed up for was like their first time meeting or or, or something like that. Um, I found that very interesting, but no, uh, they uh, they definitely have. Uh, have been uh, hanging out um, before that. Uh, and then also in that interview, she gave a very memorable quote, and this is going to end up becoming a meme. Uh, for those of you whose first name is Karen, you are no longer alone. You have some Brad's and Chad's joining you because she was asked about how um, people are outraged that she's shown on TV so much. She says, I'm there to support Travis. And she says that she has no idea that she's on TV because she's at the game. Yeah, they do have like a TV there. I think that's actually connected to the video board, the stadium video board. So it's not actually like the CBS or the Fox, like the actual network. Um, And she says, if I'm being shown too much on TV and pissing off a few dads, brads and chads, she has no awareness of it. Dads, brads and chads. Uh, now it's just, it's not just men who are upset, but, uh, rest in peace, Brad's and Chad's. Um, okay. I, I just got to ask this, um, cause I know Brad and Chad is now being compared to Karen in 2023. Who names their daughter, Karen? Like, I don't care if you're naming this after a very memorable family member of yours. If you are naming your kid, Karen, you hate your kid. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. There is just no ifs and or buts about that. Um, neither here nor there. Uh, so Taylor Swift has said her thing. Julia Roberts was on the Jess Cagle show and is basically in love with Patrick Mahomes, not in a romantic way, but she talked about watching Netflix's quarterback. And she said, quote, I have so much respect right now for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what to do with it. It changed my life. Henry Winkler, we all know the uh, the uh, good old friendship that formed between Winkler and Mahomes last year. Henry Winkler's new book came out. I was uh, reading it and completely not expecting it. Some books have um, in the middle of the books, they have a couple pages with uh, pictures that are in color. And he has a picture of himself fist bumping Patrick Mahomes. And he says, in the caption, quote, I got to meet the legendary Patrick Mahomes, Anthony Smith, UFC fighter. Um, by the way, I've been aware of Anthony Smith for quite some time. I remember he fought John Jones for the belt years ago. Uh, I mean, Anthony Smith's a, a great fighter, been around for a very long time in the UFC. And I was also done some media work. Um, I, I know he um, has trained in Kansas City with James Krause. This was prior to James Krause's legal issues. Uh, but I was completely unaware that Anthony Smith was a Chiefs fan. I had no idea Anthony Smith was a season ticket holder. He said he he attends every single home game. I was unaware of that. By the way, shout out to Eddie Law. He's done many podcasts and live streams with me. Um, he does great stuff over at cagesidepress.com. Please go check it out if you're an MMA fan. Uh, I cannot promote that enough. Uh, Eddie Law, just search Eddie Law on Twitter. He has a lot of great content out there with MMA and he covers a lot of MMA events in person. Really, really smart guy when it comes to MMA. He's the one who actually gave me a heads up about this. Um, 
I was actually preparing for the podcast, so I had no idea. So shout out to him for letting me know about that. But man, look at this. You have people putting Patrick Mahomes in books. You have celebrities in love with Mahomes, changing lives. Um, literally, you have a, a celebrity in love with one uh, player on the team. I mean, look, I know a lot of people find the whole um, find the whole Taylor Swift thing annoying. Listen, I'll say this again. I, I've said this before. It's worth repeating. We're going to look back 15 or 20 years from now, and we're going to say, man, you know, this was a wild era of Chiefs football. Like, not only were they the most dominant team, the team that everyone loved to see lose after Tom Brady retired, but this is the team now that, at the end of the day, um, not only were they successful on the field, they made a lot of headlines off the field with the Taylor Swift thing. Patrick's family, some headlines were good, some not so good. Oh, and by the way, you had a, a fan that was robbing banks to try to fund premium seats at every single Chiefs game, home and away. Um, we're going to look back at this era and seriously, like, this is go this is the era of Chiefs football we have been begging for for a long time. You guys know me, I've been hosting this podcast since 2007. Obviously, I had some breaks here and there, but... Um, Man, I still remember those days of wishing to be able to talk about a Super Bowl winning team in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, so ultimately, um, you know, and, and again, I know not all of the attention has been good, like the uh, Andy Reid son, the Jackson Mahomes thing. And then some of these other things that have come up, um, not all of it has been good, but we're going to look back at this time in 20 years when the chiefs might not be as good and say, wow, that truly was the era of football. We wanted, we were jealous of the Patriots for what they had for 18 years. And then Kansas city got exactly that. Obviously the, the story's not even finished yet. Um, still a lot more uh, pages to be written, more chapters to be written. Um, my thing is just relax. No one's hurt. We're all going to be just fine. Watching, uh, watching this team. I, uh, listen, they're going to win. Travis might retire and propose, and guess what? It'll be a great story. It's a positive story, man. With all the negative things happening in our world today, um, let's uh, let's enjoy the uh, the positive ones while we can. Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation lawnmower to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with Manscaped and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using promo code Farzine20 for 20% off and free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. What could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This is crown jewel of the holidays and dare I say the best ball trimmer of all time? The Electric Razor's advanced skin safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on his Santa sack. Anybody in the family have too much scruff? Look no further than the Manscaped Beer Hedger Pro Kit and Handyman Electric Face Shaver for all his facial hair needs. Dad have nasty nose hairs? Save the day with the Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Is there boxer game week? 
take care of the Chestnuts and Manscapes Boxers 2.0 featuring their signature jewel pouch to keep you calm, cool, and collected. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use promo code FARZINE20, say ho, 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 to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. All right. Back at it here. Uh, a couple comments here. Timothy says, uh, we've only lost to one AFC team. That is a very good point. Uh, I was thinking about that earlier, and I failed to mention that, so thanks, Timothy. Um, yeah, uh, that um, that that's a very good point. The other three losses have been frustrating, but, man, um, for the purposes of all these tiebreakers here, if you're going to lose games, if they're to NFC teams, you will take that. Speaking of taking things, Nicholas says, I'll take my chances with the two-time MVP and the Chiefs than anyone in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, come playoff time. Look, I know seating's important, and I'll obviously take my chances at home than on the road. But understand something, man. Like, the playoffs are a new season, Okay. Sure, whatever record you have, whatever success you had, whoever did well in what areas, that's a whole new ball game come playoff time. Not to say that, you know, obviously our predictions, or for, especially for those of you who play, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if they do like a postseason version of fantasy football. They obviously they have betting. If you're going to be placing bets, you're obviously going to be placing it based on regular season success, especially in the last few weeks. Um, but it's going to be hard to want to bet against Mahomes come playoff time for sure. Um, okay, Timothy, I got to push back with you here. Uh, you say she's a paid distraction to be used as a political way. Okay. First of all, I said this earlier, like, I don't understand people making everything political. Um, by the way, there's a topic I forgot to get into. I definitely need to touch on that, uh, regarding the, um, the Armenta family. Uh, but this old Taylor Swift thing, man, I, I don't get people making things political. Like I don't, I don't, I seriously do not give a shit what her politics are. She could be left. Cool. She could be right. Cool. Like, I don't care, man. I don't know why she would be paid for a political weapon. By the way, for people who think this is like a publicity stunt, man, I can't believe Travis Kelsey spent his bye week to go take care of a publicity stunt all the way in Argentina. I mean, listen, Travis, obviously Taylor Swift has a lot of money, but Travis Kelsey is not money hungry. Okay. Um, Sure, Taylor Swift makes hundreds of millions of dollars more. He's still, like, very successful, too. It's not like, you know, he's, you know, looking for pennies at the corner of a room, okay? The guy's making a lot of money, and he's had a lot of success in Hollywood lately with the entertainment industry, acting, Saturday Night Live. The guy's signed with a Hollywood agency, so he's going to be—let's say they break up. He's going to be fine, even even if they, they, they never dated— uh, like a lot of things were going great for Kelsey even before the relationship. So let's let's relax a little here. Renee says, hoping the Chiefs get back to clicking, they can do it. Um, and let the get go to Casey and hit the drum. Oh, I thought you were about to suggest a drum honorary. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are still holding out hope the Chiefs offense will improve because they're not the only ones that need to improve when you look at the top-tier teams in the AFC right now. So, yes, um, we can't hide from Kansas City's weaknesses right now, but nor can the Ravens or the Dolphins. So, as far as I'm concerned, there's a wide-open AFC. Um, I'm not saying the Jaguars will 
take over, but uh, you can't dismiss really a lot of things right now. You really, really can't. Denver and Cincinnati might both make the playoffs right now because that's how wide open things are on the wild card side of things. I don't think those two teams, Cincinnati and Denver, are going to win their divisions, but you can't dismiss that they've got a, a shot now to win the uh, uh, get a wild card spot. Um, they've got good uh, uh, good of a chance of, of any other team. Uh, okay, we're getting a little political, guys. L- listen, I don't tell people what to do. You guys know me, man. I'm not blocking people unless you're just... The only people I've been blocking are spammers. Um, Jesus Christ. You know the comment section is getting out of hand when people are talking about CNN. Um, okay, uh, relax, everyone. This is not life or death. It's really not. Um, by the way, since people are making it political, let me just say this. I don't care who wins the next year's election. As someone who, who, who came from a third world country with his parents, I will take... Whoever wins, I will take being in the United. And by the way, no disrespect to any of you listeners who are outside of the U.S. I will take whoever is the president next year over where I came from. Okay, like I think honestly, we we take things way too personal, like things that really don't matter in the long run. Personally, anyway, um, I got to get to this Armenta family story. They are threatening to sue Deadspin, so you know who I'm referring to here: the Armenta family whose son was on TV, it looked like uh, his entire face was uh, was all painted black, but it was half black, half red, and it turns out this is uh, the, the family's Native American. Deadspin has not retracted the story. Karen Phillips, I don't know if it's Karen or Karan. A lot of people are saying it's Karen. Some jokes just write themselves. Um, he, um, he turned off the replies in his Twitter or X, then he uh, allowed them, and then he made his Twitter account private. Oh boy, yeah, uh, dude, you fucked up. Anyway, the Armenta family—they uh, want Deadspin and Karen Phillips to retract their article, otherwise they are willing to pursue a lawsuit. Um. We already went over this last Wednesday. I think the, the the thing here is it's like this guy thought he was like some folk tale hero uh, against racism, but his old tweets resurface, and you can find some of some actual racist comments he had made in the past, um, things that would be deemed racist. So, uh, you know, th- this guy thought he was going to stand up to racism and solve racism and it just backfired in his face and he's by the way I love when someone does something and they get called out for it by the masses on social media and they're tweeting about other things like they don't know what exists oh man this episode of hard knocks is so good oh wow um the college football playoff oh what a shock dude Quit excessively t- tweeting about other things you're pretending to be interested in when we know you're using it to try to fade away from what's going on and no one's letting it go. Um, at some point, people will let this go. Not in the near future. Like, listen, I know of someone, the idiot in Boston who attacked Tom Brady's daughter on talk radio. Uh, we used to podcast on another side. He's a, he's a moron. I, I'm not going to get into the details of it. He and I went at it a couple times um 
But because I somewhat knew him personally, I actually searched his name on Twitter, his his username, and every time you would refresh, you would see hundreds of tweets every 20 seconds of him getting hate tweets. Like the guy was under a lot of fire. Karen Phillips is in the same situation right now where he has the entire world basically ripping him apart. Dude, you thought you were doing some something cool and heroic and it just blew up in your face because you didn't take the time to do the research. And on top of that, because you were wrong, you're you're afraid to admit you were this is the problem with our society, man. People are so afraid to admit when they drop the ball. See what I did there? Drop the ball. <laughs> no, that was unintentional. Honestly, it was. Uh, it was un- unintentional. Uh, but you get the idea. Um, listen, I always like discussing stories like this about the media. Um, by the way, I say media, but Deadspin is not traditional media. Deadspin is not journalism. Sure, they've done journalistic things before. Uh, I know they got a lot of attention for the Manti Teo story. Um, but that's the, the Deadspin as a whole is not journalism. It, it's just not. It really isn't. Um, like, chill out. Uh, it, it's just it's just lame to me. Anyway, week thirteen roundup. Let's get to that. We got a lot of games, so a little time to waste. We still have to do our breakdown here. Uh, Cowboys forty-one, Seahawks thirty-five. Geno and the Seahawks unable to step up in the fourth quarter when it mattered the most, and Dak and the Cowboys—they're playing some great football. Came back in this one. Um. I'll say this right now. I've been a big critic of Dak Prescott. I think this is his best season ever. I think this is the best season the Cowboys have had with Dak Prescott. Uh, Before the season, I saw all these Cowboys predictions going to the Super Bowl, and I kind of questioned it. Now I'm a believer. Like, I think Dallas can seriously, like, I know when you think of the NFC, everybody thinks of the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Lions. The Cowboys need to be in that conversation right now, 100%. They're obviously going to be a wildcard team because Philadelphia is way too ahead. But Dallas, man, as a wildcard team, um, good luck to whoever is going to be hosting them in the playoffs. That is not going to be an easy game. Colts 31, Titans 28 in overtime. Uh, several years ago, the Titans would have won this game with the old playoff rules, the sudden death playoff rules, but those are no longer the rules. The Titans should have won this game, I think. Uh, will Levis, I think, is playing better. He's he's growing, still room to grow, uh, as usual for any rookie. Um, so I think he's, he's definitely making strides. Obviously, you know, the guy was frustrated with what happened on draft night, and I think he's trying to prove a lot of people wrong and still has some work to do. Gardner Minshew Mania came back though. Minshew Mania. Remember that in Jacksonville? Uh, that came back on uh, on Sunday and the Colts still in uh, playoff contention too. Uh, holding one of the playoff spots at the moment. Chargers 6, Patriots 0. Okay, obviously this is not like a, a, a significant game. The reason this is on my list, the Patriots are so bad right now with Bill Belichick. This is like a really terrible car crash that you see on the highway like the car crash has already happened and you know it looks bad, but you can't help to look as you pass by. That is the new New England Patriots right now. I'm sorry. That's just like everyone wants to see this downfall because they dominated everybody for 18 years. Um, and the Chargers only scored two field goals. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, Texans 22, Broncos 17. Russell Wilson actually played a great game 
until the final 16 minutes and four seconds of the game where he threw three picks. Houston's defense is legit, man. They really have stepped up. They also picked off Joe Burrow uh, a few weeks ago in the fourth quarter. So this is a Houston team that has found ways to really step up late in games and uh, pull through. Obviously, CJ Stroud's getting a lot of the headlines, but I think that Houston defense puts some respect in their name, man. They're, uh, they're playing really well. 49ers, 42. Eagles, 19. Yeah. Uh, whatever funk the 49ers were in during that three-game stretch, they snapped out of it. A lot of people, including me, disagreed that they were the betting favorites last week to win the Super Bowl and also the betting favorites for this game. Uh, and now I picked the 49ers to win, but, man, the 49ers, they showed up in this one. They are a completely different team than what we saw a few weeks ago. And by the way, that uh, security chief for the Eagles... Excuse me, got ejected. That was wild. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of sports. I know there have been parents who have been ejected from Little League games, which is funny. And I never played baseball growing up, so I've never seen that before. But apparently that's I don't want to say it's common, but it's also not rare, apparently. Um, Yeah, that's the only thing I can compare it to, like uh, things that you would not expect to see at sporting events. Uh, let's see. Bengals 34, Jaguars 31 in overtime. I mentioned this already, but, uh, we'll, uh, repeat it again. Jake Browning had a monster game, only five incompletions out of 37 passes. CJ Bethard came in for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence actually didn't do that. Well, the only like really terrible thing about the Bengals in this one, obviously Orlando Brown, who allowed two sacks. I, I, I don't know if the second one counts as a, a sack allowed because he just refused to block Josh Allen and just block someone else. And the offensive guard was like, dude, that's my guy. What the hell are you doing? Which is kind of funny to watch. Um, but the only like really bad thing that happened to the Bengals in this one was Zach Taylor. At the time, Jake Browning had only two incompletions. The Bengals had this weird trick play where I think it was Tyler Boyd or T Higgins. I think it was Tyler Boyd who was trying to throw it Back to, at least I think he was trying to throw it back to Browning, and then it ended up being picked off. <sighs> Look, trick plays are great when they work, and no one's going to be questioning it when it works. But when your quarterback has two incompletions, what the hell are you doing taking the ball away from him? If you are not giving him the, letting him throw the ball, he better be handing it off to somebody. I don't care if it's on a wide receiver or reverse or to Joe Mixon. Just don't, I mean, come on. Don't. Don't fix what's not broken. But, hey, they got the job done ultimately at the end of the day. Week 14 preview, Thursday Night Football, Patriots visiting the Steelers. Obviously more interested in the Steelers on the wild card side of things. But, man, this Patriots team, you just cannot look away no matter how bad they are. Bucks at the Falcons. This is for the NFC South lead. So very interesting game here on the NFC side. Falcons leading with a 6-6 six and six record. I said before the season, I have no idea who's going to win that division. Um, I think I picked the Falcons. I think I picked the Falcons, but uh, that that is not a guarantee, uh, especially if the Bucks win this game. Colts seven and five at the Bengals six and six, very much up for grabs. Two backup quarterbacks, both who played great last week in Minshew and Browning. The Jags at the Browns, another game with two backup quarterbacks. Possibly, we'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence. But that is a uh, that is a very interesting game. Rams at the Ravens. Ravens fighting for the top spot, trying to hold on to that. Rams right now, they're trying to claw their way back into the NFC playoff picture. Seahawks trying to stay in the playoff picture as they visit the 49ers, who are now, after beating the Eagles the way they did, now have a chance for the number one seed. 
Then you have Sunday Night Football. Eagles at Cowboys should be a very great, uh, great game. By the way, uh, apologies. Uh, I said the uh, the uh, division is out of reach for the Cowboys. No, they actually have a shot. They're one game behind. Now, if the Cowboys win for tiebreaker purposes, I don't know who gets a tiebreaker there because the Eagles won already, so it'd be a it'd be one to one. So the rest of those stuff, I have no idea who. Um, I would imagine the Eagles still would be ahead based off strength of victory and division record. But hey, uh, Cowboys are not out of it. Not yet, at least. Um, Cowboys really need this desperately for a big win this year. Uh, and the Eagles are trying to respond. Monday Night Football, there are two games, but the one that I'm more interested in, Titans at the Dolphins, obviously the bigger one relevant to KC because the Dolphins, uh, number one seed, Titans, Playing good football, playing more competitive football with Will Levis. Yes, I know Green Bay is playing better, but, you know, it's the Giants. Who cares? So that is my week 14 preview for this week, my biggest games. Well, you've been working hard all year and you have some extra money to spend. So you decided to treat yourself or a loved one to a new car for the holiday season, but you don't know where to go. I know where you should go. Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City. I purchased a brand new Cadillac from Cable Dahmer this year, and I love it. Go ask for Scott Toddy. My brother purchased a car from him last year, and this year I went to him to get my Cadillac. Scott is one of the best in the biz, professional, honest, knowledgeable, and will help you with your car buying needs. New or used, Cadillac or non-Cadillac, Scott is the guy to go to. But it doesn't end right there. Because when you buy a new vehicle, especially a brand new Cadillac, there are so many bells and whistles that you need help being introduced to with these features that you've probably never had in a car before, such as Wi-Fi for your vehicle, OnStar, the technology package, Park Assist, Super Cruise, so many things. Well, Mike from Cable Dahmer Cadillac gave me a thorough rundown of everything I need to know. And by the time I left the dealership with my new Cadillac, I knew everything I needed to know about my new Cadillac XT6. If you need your car serviced, by the way, go see my guy Brock Smith, the best service specialist you will find. He will explain to you everything you need to know if something is wrong with your car. If it's a General Motors vehicle, such as Chevrolet, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, take your car there, ask for Brock Smith, and he will get you taken care of. I always need things to be explained in the simplest forms, and Brock does it every time he explains it to me like i'm five so i know exactly what's going on with my vehicle uh, anytime something's wrong with it and as you should your car is essentially your baby go to cable Dahmer cadillac off 435 on 103rd between state line and warnell ask for scott toddy tell him farzine sent you all right uh timothy's asking what new kb impresses you uh, qb impresses you um I mean, C.J. Stroud's playing really well. Browning's played well one game, but still a really good game. Um, I mean, Minshew looked... I mean, Minshew was not new, but... Um, he hasn't made a lot of noise this year. Kind of feels like he's new because he's a backup. But yeah, I'd say those guys, for sure, uh, impressing me the most. Uh, are there any draft targets you'd like to see come here to KC? I don't have names, but... Left tackle and wide receiver right now. Unless Wanya Morris just plays his his best, um, I think we all know wide receiver. I don't have a name, though, at least not yet. Uh, we'll definitely do mock drafts as we get um, into the offseason. So 
Well, we'll talk about that later on for sure. Uh, let's see. Tyler says, hope we get like the lowest seed in the playoffs and pull uh, Spags, Giants, wildcard teams. Listen, man, I don't care who we play. I know a lot of times in the uh, playoffs when that gets underway, a lot of Chiefs fans will ask me, who would you rather play in the uh, in the AFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl? Okay, guys, I get we might match up against certain teams better, but if someone's reach if someone reaches the AFC title game or the Super Bowl, like again, people always ask who would be easier to beat in the Super Bowl. Well, if they're in the Super Bowl, they're not easy to beat. Um, and I'm not here to suggest that uh, potentially Jacksonville or Cincinnati or Indianapolis could do this, but you know we saw Philadelphia do it with Nick Folds. Um, but a lot of people viewed the Eagles as the easy team to beat. Well, guess who they beat in the Super Bowl? The high and mighty New England Patriots. Like Tom Brady, he's been to 10 Super Bowls and he's lost three times, two of them to Eli Manning, the other one to Nick freaking Foles. Like, again, they made it that far. I don't, I don't think anyone's ever easy to beat once they're in the playoffs, especially as they get further and further into the playoffs. All right, let's go ahead and wrap things up here with our NFL game of the week. Chiefs versus the Bills. Announcers, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson will be on the sidelines. And this will be a big viewing audience. Uh, of course, it's going to be later in the day, 325. Uh, for those of you who live in the Mountain Time Zone or if you have, uh, or if you live in the LA, San Diego areas, you are getting Broncos Chargers instead. Sorry for you. Uh, referee for this one, Carl Cheffers. I said this would happen uh, when I posted this. Um, Chiefs fans think Carl Sheffers hates the Chiefs. Chiefs haters think Carl Sheffers loves the Chiefs. So, yeah, that was predictable. Head coach for the Bills, Sean McDermott. Uh, might be his last year there, to be honest with you, because he hasn't been doing a good job with the team so ever since that 13-second game, honestly. Now, looking at the Bills, offensive coordinator Joe Brady replacing Ken Dorsey. Fourth in total offense. I'll, I'll just say this. They're top 10 in every category. Total offense, passing, rushing, points per game, and the second-best red zone offense in the NFL. Josh Allen, sixth in passing yards, just over 3,200, has 24 touchdowns, second behind Dak Prescott, who has 26. But he has, a 13, he has the 13 inter interceptions. That's the second most behind Sam Howell. He does have the 81-yard pass to the uh, team's punt returner. Um, and I had his name in front of me. What was it? It was, if I can pull it up real quickly, uh, Khalil Sakar. I hope I, Sakar. I hope I said that right. Uh, that's who has the 81-yard pass. That was against the Jets, the longest. That is the longest pass of the year in the NFL this season. But... Josh Allen does have 16 total turnovers. That ties second with Sam Howell behind, right behind Josh Dobbs, who has 17 uh, with two different teams. Uh, Josh Allen has committed a turnover in every game except for two in week two against the Raiders and in week four against the Dolphins. That, that week four game against the Dolphins was a surprise. Everyone thought that was going to be a shootout. Miami got wrecked in that game after the first quarter. Um, that loss to the Pats in week seven was a big deal. Uh, with the way Josh Allen was committing turnovers and Mac Jones going down the field, driving his team to a win. And that's one of the two wins. Surprisingly, the Pats have over this good Bills team. They're a good team, 
but they commit way too many turnovers uh, with Josh Allen, too, but also with their receivers, too. Uh, Stephon Diggs, he's 11th in receiving yards, uh, almost 1,000 yards receiving. He's probably going to surpass that against the Chiefs. He's got eight touchdown catches. That is the fourth most in the NFL. Gabe Davis has 39 catches for 595 yards and six touchdowns. Tight end Dalton Kincaid, who's uh, picking up duties for Dawson Knox, who was on IR, 56 catches for 474 yards and two touchdowns. All three of those players I mentioned have fumbled once this year and have lost uh, to the opposing team. So a lot of turnovers on this football team. Uh, Really good receiver play, though. Uh, You look at the running backs, James Cook, 10th in rushing yards with 731, just one touchdown, though, but is averaging almost five yards a carry. So doing really well on the ground there. That does not get talked about enough in Buffalo. Uh, they didn't run the ball well last game, or at least James Cook didn't. He was 16, uh, 16, had 16 carries for 43 yards, but did have six catches for 57 yards, the most active he's been in the passing game for the Bills this year. You look at Latavius Murray, another running back on the team, very uh, key part of that offense, stays pretty busy with them. He ran nine times against Philly, so James Cook uh, ran the ball 16 times, and then Latavius Murray runs it nine times against the Eagles in that overtime loss Um, the week before ran 10 times against the Jets in that blowout win. So Latavius Murray expect him to get a lot of snaps against Kansas city. And then you look at that Bill's offensive line, which I think, you know, obviously that's where if you're a Chiefs and you look at the most, because you know, the chiefs defensive line is better than most. You have left tackle Deion Dawkins, who's a very solid blocker, right tackle Spencer Brown, above average. And then you have some mediocre interior offensive lineman, former chief center Mitch Morse, who used to be one of the best at that position, but has kind of regressed over the years, uh, drafted as a tackle originally from Mizzou, but converted to center. And then the two guards, Connor McGovern and Osiris Torrance, very beatable guards. Very beatable for sure. You've got you've got a chance if you're if you're Kansas City's defensive line, Chris Jones, Mike Dana, Carl Loftus, Ominahu. Um, I mean, you've got a chance to really make some noise. Then they have they've been very quiet lately. They only got one sack on Aiden O'Connell a couple of weeks ago. And then this past Sunday night, they only got two sacks on Jordan Love. One of them was Jordan Love pretty much giving himself up late in the game to let the time roll so they can kick the field goal and make it an eight-point game. Uh, that was to Chris Jones, but only three sacks in the last two weeks, and one of them was kind of just gifted to you to let the clock roll. So I really want the Chiefs defensive line to step it up this week and get to the quarterback more. When they did that to Jordan Love, Jordan Love had a hard time, but they didn't do it often. You got to do it to Josh Allen, a guy who already struggles with turnovers, and that could really be the deciding factor in this game on Sunday. Look at the Bills' defense, coordinated by the head coach, Sean McDermott. They're 12th in total defense, 8th against the pass, 20th against the run, but one of the better uh, teams in terms of points allowed. 5th best, allowing just under 19 points per game. Kansas City is 3rd at 17.3 points per game allowed. You look at the defensive line, man, they got some monsters there. Leonard Floyd, 9.5 sacks, tying 11th in the NFL. He has 4 multi-sack games this season. AJ Espinenza has six and a half sacks uh, at Oliver. The defensive tackle has six sacks. Um, but those three guys I mentioned did not get a sack last game uh, against the Eagles. So this is going to be a defense that's very hungry, and they definitely want to get to Patrick Mahomes in this one. If they can do that, they've got a great shot at winning in addition to running the ball, which is what some teams have been able to do very well lately against the Chiefs. Um, so that run defense needs to be ready. Uh Terrell Bernard, 
phenomenal uh, defensive line, uh, player, might be one of the better linebackers in the NFL right now. 104 tackles just outside of the top 10, three and a half sacks, three picks, three forced fumbles. This guy's pretty, three seems to be like his magic number up to this point. So get, get, get into the ball. Uh, getting the ball carriers. Uh, he, he just seems to have a hand all over the field with this defense. Look at the secondary. Micah Hyde has two picks, both in back-to-back weeks, which were very early, weeks three and four against the Commanders and the Dolphins. Uh, cornerback Rasul Douglas came over from the Green Bay Packers, and in just four games with the Bills, he has two picks, uh, both in the same game against the Jets. He also has two fumble recoveries, one of them against the Jets. So he had three takeaways against the Jets. Um, I know uh, Whitehead for the Jets had three picks against the uh, against Josh Allen. And the second meeting between the Jets and Bills, uh, it was a Bills defender, Douglas, who had three takeaways. So kind of interesting uh, how that all uh, worked out. Uh, but man, he's been playing very, very well since uh, joining the uh, the Bills defense. Teron Johnson, another cornerback, no picks, but has three forced fumbles. It kind of just reminds you of Trent McDuffie, a very good cover cornerback. Uh, doesn't get a lot of stats uh, with his hands, but does go out there and uh, and make some um, make some fumbles happen. So, gotta watch out for that. Special teams returner Khalil Sakar. He has five returns on kickoff returns and another five on punt returns. So uh, has not been very busy in that area. He does he does have that 81 yard catch and run touchdown against the Jets a couple of weeks ago. So uh, mentioned that earlier. Tyler Bass, the kicker, he has 18 of 23 kicking this year. He has one missed PAT that came against the Jets. Uh, a lot of interesting notes about the Jets. Uh, interesting. Uh, punter Sam Martin, the fifth worst punt average in the NFL and the second worst net punting average in the NFL. By the way, I feel like every week we all, the Chiefs are always playing like the wor- one of the worst punters in the league. Is this July, is this the year where the Chiefs play the worst punters in the NFL? I mean, not that it matters. Playing the worst punter is not going to help you, but that does seem to be a thing for uh, for the Chiefs in their games this year. Okay. You guys now know about the Bills, maybe more than you did before. I am going to say this is going to be a close one here. I think both defenses are going to rattle the opposing quarterbacks. I think both Mahomes and Allen are going to make mistakes in this game that they wish they could have back. It's going to come down to the wire here, and I think it's going to be one of those games where whoever has the ball last will win the game. I am going to go 21-20. to Kansas City. Now, I don't ever do the over-under bets. I think that's too risky. But if I had to, I'm taking the under on this one. I think the Chiefs ultimately are going to have a hard time. Bills are coming in. The Bills are desperate for a win. If they don't win this game, a lot of people think this is it for the Buffalo Bills. We've been talking about all these other teams like Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Denver, Houston, the Browns, the Steelers. We haven't really talked about the Bills much. Um, The Bills, who are almost every year like the uh, the media darling favorites to win the Super Bowl. This is a team that seriously uh, needs to step up and have a big game. And if they can win, it would be huge. By the way, the line is at one and a half. So I, I did not realize that. Uh, did not realize that at all. Chiefs are one and a half point favorites in this one, according to DraftKings. So I think it's going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes and who has the ball last. Because at that point... You'll know who wins. So that is my prediction. I'm going 21 to 20. Keep in mind, the Chiefs need to win this game to stay in the hunt for the number one seed. The Bills need to win to stay in the hunt to just make it to the playoffs. 
because they're not winning the division. <laughs> they're just not. I know that, that there was some optimism about that in Buffalo earlier this year. No, not even close to happening. Yeah, you whipped the Dolphins earlier this year. Uh, th- that was back then. That was what week four. We're in December now. So very interesting how this Bills team is at this point right now where they are in a serious need to win a football game. But that is my prediction. 21-20 Kansas City. Hey, thank you all for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. For all of you who watched live on Facebook and YouTube, thank you guys. Please keep it civil in the in the comment sections. I know I got a little out of hand today for no good reason. So listen, let's be friendly. We're all humans. We all live on the same planet. We live under the same sun. Okay, we all love good things. We all love the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's, let's keep it cool in the comment section next time. All right. Capiche? Capiche. All right, man. I appreciate you guys, as always. Uh, for those of you who were patient, sorry. Uh, the, the live version came out a little late today. Or tonight, I should say. Very busy week for me. But nonetheless, uh, we'll do a Red Friday live chat. Might be a shorter one this week. We will do a live uh, pregame, uh, halftime, and postgame. It'll be different, though. Um, I'm not going to do the traditional... Uh, type of uh, live stream that we do on Sunday. Uh, there will be a podcast. It won't be live, though. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. My name is Farzim Vasugan. Thank you again for listening to the Chief Zone podcast. Please share the links with your friends. Invite your friends to the Facebook page. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the Chief Zone. Once again, I'm Farzim Vasugan. Thank you again for downloading and listening. I am out. Take care.